You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Line. My name's Jack. Today I'm joined by Jake and Aiden to give our Euro 2020 preview, even though it is 2021. That makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, we're going to go over through all of our group stage predictions, uh, talk about the the players to watch for each group, the young players to watch for each group that you may, may or may not be aware of, uh, and just give our overall predictions on how we think the tournament's going to play out. But uh, Jake, how are you? Hey, Jack. Thanks. I'm doing really well. Uh, as you guys know, obviously, the, the Euros kick off tomorrow. And I'm very excited. Italy in the opening game. I know we mentioned it a couple of days ago, but very excited, but also very nervous to see how that goes. But yeah, just looking forward to, to the next month and it'll be a good time for sure. Aiden, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, really excited for the Euros. I'm just playing lots of golf, so I'm a bit tired, but I'm just very pumped for the Euros, and hopefully it'll be a very good month for all the teams we're supporting. How are you, Jack? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm just excited that we have more games to look forward to, another tournament, and I'm hoping that the quality doesn't, doesn't dip because the players are all exhausted, and I'm hoping that, uh, that COVID doesn't play a huge role because we've already seen some some cases with some teams which isn't good to see but yeah i'm just i'm excited i'm just looking forward to a good tournament and it's always good to watch i like watching international football because obviously we're canadian we don't really see our team in in tournaments other than the gold cup but uh and it's also good to watch games where you know it's just neutral you can just watch it for you know just entertainment not be really invested at all just have a team that you want to cheer for support for but overall doesn't really matter but yeah i'm excited uh jay i think we'll we'll start with group a all we're going to do we're just going to go through all of the groups give our predictions of uh the stand all four of the standings for each group and at the end we'll predict who we think is going to win the whole thing and like i said earlier uh the players to watch for each group and the young players to watch that you may not be aware of but we'll start with group a jake which consists of italy switzerland turkey and wales uh what do you think of this group yeah, this is the the most important group for me, obviously, uh, as you guys know. Um, obviously, it's it's not going to be a surprise, but just to start off with my standings, I have Italy in first, Turkey in second, Switzerland in third, and Wales in fourth, even though I do like all the teams in this group. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a very tight group in general, in my opinion. Like, I could see, like, the points being, being evenly distributed throughout. Um, yeah, I just want Italy in first, just because I think just the, in, in terms of pure quality, like, the, they're better than... The rest of the teams in this group, even though, um, like I mentioned already, the rest of them are pretty good. But yeah, um, Italy, they have been playing a lot more attacking uh, recently. Um, they're on the 20 game, 28 game on beating streak, which is the longest streak in Italian history, which no matter the teams that they play, obviously, like a lot, some of those teams were Armenia and San Marino and, and stuff like that. But it's still a, a good run. And I'm just hoping that they could keep the momentum going into the tournament. And I think that. Uh, but they will anyway for the group stage. So I think that's kind of why I would pip them in first place. And I'm just going to touch on very quickly Turkey. They're just a very good team, very at- with some good attacking players. So I think that um, they could do really well or really good as well. And yeah, they, they have like Turkey's a weird team because they don't qualify for that many tournaments. But whenever they do qualify, they always do 
relatively well, and I think like their their partnerships are really good. Like at center back, they have Soyuncu and and Mary Demaral, who plays for Juventus. So they've got like good center backs at big clubs who have been like linked with bigger moves. So obviously, it's obvious that in terms of quality that they're there. Um, and Switzerland, I have them in third. I just think they're like a good, solid workman like group. I could kind of see them being one of the third place teams that would advance um to the knockout rounds just due to like the the evenly distributed group like i mentioned already a couple times and unfortunately i just have wales and last just because um i feel like their preparation has maybe been disrupted a little bit with just ryan Giggs's trial and the fact that he's still the the national team manager but that he won't be going to the tournament uh of course i do like wales i just don't know like how how well they'll fare against the other teams in this group but Overall, I'll just move on to my my player and my young player for this group. For my player, I chose Barack Yilmaz, um, mostly due to the to the good season that he's coming off of with Lille. Obviously, he kind of fired them to the league title, which was their first one since 2010. Uh, kind of surprising. I think he's like 34 years old, but th- that was his first time in <clears throat> sorry, that was his first time in any league that isn't the Turkish Super League. Aside from like, I think he was only in China for six months or one year. So that was literally the the first time he's been in, a, in another league in Europe and he did really, really well. So um, I'd just be curious to see how he brings that to this. Like he's a very experienced striker and, and he's really good. Like he's always had good numbers wherever he's played. And like I mentioned, kind of fired Lil to the, to the league on title this season. So obviously in good form and I'm sure that the, the Turkish players will be doing anything that they can to, to find him and they'll be relying on him for the goals. And for my young player, this probably won't be a surprise to you guys, but I chose Nicolo Barella from Inter. I think he's he's a really good midfielder. Like, I don't think that he's going to be, but he is probably, in my opinion, like a an MVP type caliber player. And I, again, I don't think this is going to happen. But if Italy would win like the Euro, I could see Barella being like the the team MVP, just like everything going through him. And he's very very energetic, and he's literally just one of those box to box players who's very well rounded. And um, and yeah, and I I can see him being the best player for for Italy. So. Uh, just for that, Aiden, I'll move on to you. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, the limits are for the young player, but Barella's 24, so we'll give you the benefit there. But uh, just starting with the group, I completely agree. Uh, Italy in first, and then second place, also Turkey, and then uh, and then Switzerland, and then Wales. Don't have too much different reasoning than you. I just think that. A big part of it for Italy, well, they obviously have the best team in this group by quite a wide margin in terms of just talent and ability. But I think a big part of Italy's campaign is going to be getting a mobile up and running early because, as Jake has told me in the past, he doesn't always fire for Italy. And Jake himself has said he's not feeling too confident going into the tournament with a mobile up front. So we'll see uh, We'll see what happens there. But I think if he can get some goals early, that'll really – help the whole team as they move into the uh, the knockout stages and they're definitely going to uh just quickly my young player i was just i was gonna go for barella um, or not barella sorry what i'm all thrown off here sorry guys i wasn't gonna go for barella i was gonna go for chiesa he is only one year younger than barella um i called jake out for that but yeah, i was just gonna go for him an exciting winger and come like a lot. Very good season for Juventus this season, but I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to be getting depending on the lineup. And then the other player that I was going to say, just the the main player to watch from this group, I was actually going to say Barella. I think he's going to be the main one for Italy. So, yeah, it's pretty much all the same as Jacob. So there we go. I just repeated everything you said. What do you think, Jack? I'm the same as you guys in terms of the group. Italy are going to come first, even though 
Aiden and I, we have we have bashed them in previous episodes, but have slightly conceded. I've I've conceded considering what all of the experts, what I've heard and read about Italy is that a lot of people think they're dark horse to win the whole thing, like Jake has said previously, when they've been on this huge winning streak. Uh Turkey in second, another another pick for for dark horse people think uh, a lot of people think that turkey is going to go really far i just don't think about their their fullbacks i don't think they they have top class fullbacks and when eventually if you get into if they were to get into the deeper parts of the tournament i don't think that they're going to be good enough to go up against somebody like you know like killing mbappe or somebody like rashford or jack Grealish, those sorts of players the top players um i don't think they're going to be as good as Turkey and they've got more quality in Wales than Wales. Uh, and unfortunately I do have Wales in fourth place. I'll do it. I, I, although I do think that they might, might produce upset or two. We'll, we'll have to see because they had such a good run uh, the last time out at the Euros. They're amazing. I remember the, the, what was, who was it? The Robson Canu goal uh, when he just did the crook turn in the box against Vincent company and like, Fellaini that was an amazing goal um but they had a really good run last time out and I'm sure all their families super excited and it's going to be really good to watch them play so I I hope that Wales actually get like third but I think they'll probably they just you know they've got some good players but I don't think they'll be able to qualify unfortunately uh my player to watch I also went with Yilmaz same as Jake just he's just a striker who had later stages of his career has just shown that maybe starting to come into his own way is yeah like 34 35 years old but he's been very very good this season uh and somebody throughout his his career has always turned up in in uh in big games and it matters but the main concern with him would probably be the fact that uh he is old and he's gonna have to be relied upon probably most of the games and whether his body can actually take that at his age might it might not work out for Turkey, but yeah, he's very good sticker and he's shown it this season. My young player to watch, I actually went with, because of the way Wales are going to up, I went with Dan James. Because if Wales are looking to hit on the counter, and every team in this group's probably going to try to play offensively against Wales, and I would just see Wales hitting back anyway. And if Dan James, if he gets space in behind, the end product might not be there, but I'm sure he'll create chances if all the other teams are going to go after Wales and they're just sitting back. I think that Dan James could be a player to watch because he is just, he's genuinely super, super fast. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for Wales. I think, I don't think they'll qualify, but I'm definitely, uh, I definitely hope they do. Um, We'll move on to Group B now, Jake. I'll come to you. We've got Belgium, Denmark, Finland, uh, Finland and Russia. Uh, who do you think is going to qualify from that one? Yeah, I think this group is probably a straightforward one. I'm sure we probably have some some very similar points on this one. Uh, it's not not the best group, to be honest. I have Belgium finishing first, Denmark in second, Russia in third, and Finland in fourth. Um, and just in terms of Belgium, like obviously, I, I think it's pretty clear they'll finish first in this group. It's just going to be interesting throughout like this tournament. Like This is really kind of the last chance for their golden generation, the so-called golden generation. Um, and there's a lot of question marks around like most of their big players, like Kevin De Bruyne, like is he even fit to play after um, his injury in the in the Champions League final? And Hazard is he really going to be able to bring his A game? Like 
I think he hasn't played for Belgium since November 2019 until this week. And as we know, he has not had a good time at, at Real Madrid, to say the least. And um, like Lukaku, there's his whole club situation going on over there. Like, I know he said he's not going to be leaving Inter, but if they really desperately need to to raise some money, probably selling Lukaku would be the easiest way to do that, to get the biggest sum. So there's just lots of question marks around these players. I just kind of want to see if they could put, like, the distractions behind them and, and just really come together as, like, they're the really last chance for the golden generation, like I mentioned. Um, but, yeah, they did beat Russia and Denmark twice each in qualifying, so I don't think that Belgium will have too many problems in this group. Um, Denmark, I, I am actually pretty high on Denmark. I, I like a lot of their players. I, I don't think it's, like... You think of Denmark's team, and you don't actually think they'll be that great. But when you think of the players, I'll just list a couple of them here that they have. I have Schmeichel, uh, Simon Kier, Christensen, Joachim Anderson, who played really well for Fulham, uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, Christian Eriksen. Um, I could go on, like Thomas Delaney, Joachim Mela, anyway, et cetera, et cetera. I think they do have like a really good core of players, and a lot of them are, are younger players too. So they could um, reasonably be like, expected to, to have a good tournament, I think. Um, and Russia, just real quick, I just have them third in the group. Just They're kind of inconsistent. They're not the best team. I know they had a really good World Cup on home soil, and they have uh, a two home games in this tournament, so that could help them. Denmark also have three home games, by the way. Um, and, yeah, Russia's home home games could help them. I think they would have, like, a 50% capacity. Um, so I could push them through, but I don't think they have, like, huge quality. They just run a lot, which we saw in the World Cup. I think they had, like, the, the five or six top players for, for kilometers run, and whether... Anyway, we know there's controversy around Russia and, and performance-enhancing drugs, so I won't say much more than that. And um, Finland in fourth place, just their first ever tournament. I'm sure they'll just be glad to to be here and, and to get anything that they can from this tournament. So I'll, I'll just move on to my player and young player uh, for the group. And unfortunately, they're kind of both from Belgium. So I, I don't think that's too much of a surprise. But the player, I already mentioned him. I have Lukaku, just to see how, how well he could do in this group stage. If he could really good fine we saw in the world cup he had i think he had four or five goals in the group stage and i wouldn't be surprised to be honest to see a similar tally uh with belgium in this group if, as long as he could create the chances for lukaku we know that at this at this stage of his career like he he has proven he he will just bear the chances if if his team creates them for him so that'll be good and for my young player it's also probably someone who'll be tasked with supplying chances to but Lukaku, I went for Yuri Tielemans. Uh, obviously, a really, really good season. Really coming into his own at Leicester now. Um, not have a great spell at Monaco, but that was a while ago. And, and since he's moved to Leicester, as we know, he's been he's been great and been linked with with many bigger clubs. Um, like I mentioned as well, had a good season, scored the winner in the FA Cup final, which um, that was pretty good. And yeah, I don't even think Tielemans was originally supposed to start in this tournament, but then since Axel Witzel tore his Achilles tendon in January, and he, he hasn't made the squad, but he hasn't played a single game since then. So I think Yuri Tielemans will be starting and will just really be able to, to show like what kind of a, a midfielder he is and, and his quality. And hopefully I, his, he's not too old for, for this one either. But uh, uh, Aiden, what do you think about this group, Group B? Yeah, there's good stuff there, Jacob. Uh, so first place for Group B, I have Belgium as well. Just the best team again by country mile. Not much to say about that. Denmark, or sorry, second, yeah, Denmark as well. They're just a solid unit, and it feels like since maybe the last one or two tournaments, um, basically like four or five years maybe, their squad has gotten a lot deeper and a lot more like household names that a lot of people across, uh, across Europe would know. And, 
pretty solid midfield with the likes of Hoiberg and Eriksson and players like that that they have at their disposal. Third place, um, I have Russia as well. And I don't think they're that great of a team, especially when you look at it on paper. But I just think that, like Jake said, Finland are, are very poor and they'll just be happy to be there. So I have Finland in fourth. And then my player... Um, I keep doing it in reverse order. My young player is I'm going for Casper uh, Dahlberg from Denmark. I just think uh, since he went to Nice, I haven't really heard too much about him. So I'm excited to see if he can kind of relight that massive potential in this tournament and maybe even score a couple big goals against Belgium or a goal against Belgium, something like that. Casper so Dahlberg, watch out for him. And then, um, my kind of MVP player was was Tealy Mins as well, just because he's in all action. And with De Bruyne maybe not being 100%, I think a lot of the play for uh, Belgium is going to be going through Tealy Mins. And he's he's just very good at every single like phase of the game. It doesn't really matter. And he can also score a long shot, as United know very well from this season. But that's my predictions for uh, Group B. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, again, for this one, very similar to you guys. I, I went with the exact same thing. Belgium in first, they, they have a much better squad than everybody else. Denmark in second, uh, Russia in third, and then Finland in fourth. Belgium, it's it's a, it's a weird one with Belgium. A lot of people are saying, like, this is their last chance, or some people are saying this is their best chance. I think that if they were going to do it with this generation of players, I think think that they probably missed out i think that the last world cup would have been uh the best the best uh best chance that they have to win something on the international stage but again their their squad they're just much better than the rest of the teams in this group but can you can't always trust roberto martinez setting up a defense because he doesn't believe in defending uh denmark in second they've got yeah they've got some good players and i just overall i think their squad's better than russia and finland um, they just seem like nailed on for one of those teams that will definitely get out of their group, but will probably get knocked out in the next round. Russia in third, again, better squad than Finland. They've got those home games. Uh, but to be quite honest with you, I don't know a lot about the Russian national team. When I've seen, they had a really good time at the World Cup when they knocked out Spain. Uh, but even then, when you watch them, when you watch them play, it's. Uh, you don't, you don't really know. You don't really know what's going on or if there's any patterns of play. But, uh, yeah, they're still going to be better than Finland, who unfortunately are probably, yeah, like you guys said, just happy to be there. But, uh, yeah, so I've gone with Finland in fourth. For the players to watch, uh, I went with Romelu Lukaku for Belgium, for like MVP for the group as well, just off of the back of a really, really good season with Inter. Just he's an absolute goal machine and, if he doesn't get rested against some of these teams, like I could see, I could see him getting rested against like Finland or, or Russia. But if he plays every game, he's going to bag in all of the goals. Um, and yeah, I just don't think the other teams are going to be able to handle him. He's really proved himself to be a top elite level striker this season, in my opinion. For the young players to watch, I went with, uh, I don't know how much of a chance he's going to get to impress. Uh, but maybe if there's some rotation for Belgium's lineup, they might throw him in there because he is a young player. I went with Jeremy Doku from, uh, I think, Stead, Stead Rain. Stead, I don't know how to pronounce it. Jake, he would know how to pronounce it. Uh, but he's got four goals, eight assists this season in, in the French League. Um, and when you watch him, he's very, very, very talented. I just don't know 
if he's going to get the opportunity to play a lot of minutes. But I could, again, there's squad rotation going against like Finland or, or Russia. I could see him getting a chance maybe off the bench. But from what I've seen, he's he's really, really talented. He's just creative and a really, really good dribbler. Just one of those really exciting players to watch. But yeah, I went with Jeremy Doku for young players to watch. Uh, we move on to Group C now. Jake, we've got Austria, uh, the Netherlands or Holland, North Macedonia and Ukraine for this one. This one, uh, who do you think is going to qualify for this one? Yeah, so I don't know if this is this will be maybe a little interesting for you guys, but for this one, I have Ukraine finishing in first place. I have Netherlands second, Austria third, and North Macedonia finishing fourth. Um, and yeah, just I'll just go back to front on this one, just because I obviously there's more to say about the first place, the first two teams, North Macedonia again. They're their first ever tournament. Um, they're still relying on Goran Pandev, who's like a, I don't know, he's good, but he's not like, you know, what I mean, he won't light up the tournament. He's obviously Macedonia's like best ever player, but he's also thirty seven. So I, I don't know, like, anyway, I don't, I don't think it'll be great for Macedonia. But of course, just, I'm sure they'll just be glad to be here. Um, and yeah, they qualified by beating like Liechtenstein, Gibraltar, Armenia, Kosovo, and Georgia. So it's not going to be great. But they did beat Germany in uh, World Cup qualifying a couple months ago. But anyway, move on to them. Austria, they're kind of another one of those mad teams for me. Like, I'd, I'd stick them together with, like, Switzerland and Russia. Like, solid team, not great, not bad. they got decent players who play in, like, the, in the Bundesliga, but they're not. Like, David Alba's are only, like, world-class player. Like, the rest of the players are, like, mid-table slash relegation teams. So I don't see too much coming from them. And, from them. and I have the Dutch finishing second because... Frank De Boer is our manager, basically. Uh, he's on a slippery slope already. He was recently appointed, but it has not gone well there. Um, and I, I've watched a lot of his, like, managerial career um, after Crystal Palace, even before, I guess, uh, his, his short time at Inter, uh, his four games at Crystal Palace, and, and his career, and his coaching career in, in MLS. And I'm not I'm not joking. I'm actually flabbergasted that like, he got this job. I, I can't believe it. He is not a good manager. And I think it was literally the fact that he was available and he's Dutch, which is why that they hired him. Because if, if if we would have been doing this tournament last year before Ronald Koeman got appointed by Barcelona, I would have had the Netherlands as one of my favorites to win it. But you saw as soon as De Boer came in, basically the whole the whole thing just started going downhill and it's not great. And um, they have a very good team, of course. But uh, and, and and Memphis Depay obviously has an incredible record for the Dutch. But I I, I could see Ukraine pepping them to, to first place. They had a great great run. The qualifying, they finished first in, Portu in uh, Portugal and Serbia's group. So Ukraine have mixed it with the big teams and come out on top. I think they were unbeaten in that group as well. Uh, they're good offensively. They had like one of the highest goal tallies. I think they scored 22 goals in qualifying and they only conceded four. So they're solid at the, at the back end of the pitch as well. And they just work really well as a unit. I think they have like, obviously for, for them, Zinchenko, who we've seen at left back, he plays in midfield as well, which is his, his natural position. So um, that would be a kind of interesting to see that. And, and yeah, they're, they're just a, a very good team in my opinion. So for my players to watch for this group, my main player, I, I mentioned him already. I chose Memphis Depay. Um, his great record for the Dutch. I think he's got, I don't know. I don't know his exact goals record, but I know at one point last year, he had like 21 goal involvements in his last 20 games for the Dutch. And he's carried on that form. He scored a free kick last week and he's been involved in, in their assists and goals. And, Obviously, he broke through as like a left winger, but he's played as a center forward for quite a while now. And he's he's really kind of 
carried the load for the Dutch team, especially with with Van Dijk out injured. Now he's he's acting as a captain as well. And yeah, just literally everything goes through the pine. He's integral to the way they play. And for my young player, I went with Malinovsky from Ukraine, and he he's just been playing really well for for Atalanta as well. Obviously, we know Atalanta is like a, a unique system and stuff. So the players don't always manage to like re kind of have the same form for the countries as they do at Atalanta, but I think he's one that's capable of it, um, as well as they play a similar formation, like a 3-4-2-1 uh, quite often. So that's definitely going to help him. And yeah, he started the season off really slowly, but I think in the last nine games of the season, he had 11 goal involvements. He scored in the Copa Italia final against Juventus and um, just on a tear recently in the league. So I, that's why I chose, I chose him for my young player. And yeah, just very excited to see how this group shapes out. Maybe a bit of a surprise, but Aiden, how do you see group C? Uh, turning out yeah pretty similar to you um i would have picked netherlands first but then i did some last minute research so i saw like ukraine's record in the qualifying and everything like that so uh, that kind of swayed me a little bit i didn't even think about the deport uh, being the manager that's a good point so i'm gonna go with ukraine in first and uh netherlands in second austria in third and then uh, Macedonia and last. I think this group could be a little bit closer than other people might think. I think if Austria play like a super defensive game, I think that they have some decent players. Uh, their midfield is pretty strong if Alba plays in there and Sabitz or Conrad Leimer, those type of players. Um, and then they have some players from the Bundesliga coming off really good seasons at the back, like Hinteregger and Tremel. So they could have a decent defensive performance, I think. And if the Netherlands are really struggling, maybe Austria uh, could could kind of cause them a little bit of trouble. So those are the standings. And then my uh, my MVP for the group, I'm going to go for uh, Frankie de Jong. I think that um, he's not, he's like lost his class a little bit in the last year, but when Barcelona wasn't doing the best, I, I hadn't really been hearing much about him. And remember just those Ajax teams uh, a few years ago, he was a very integral player and just kind of like Dahlberg. I think he could really not relight his career, but I think he could really like establish himself as like one of the best in Europe if he took over this tournament and dominated. And I think he does have the ability to do that. And then I went with another Dutch midfielder for the, uh, the young player. And that's just Ryan Gravenberch. Um, the 19 year old and yeah I just think he's like a very powerful midfielder and he can do a lot and yeah that's all I have to say what do you think Jack yeah so again I think we have the exact same predictions for this one again I've gone with um, Ukraine in first the Netherlands in second Austria in third and then North Macedonia in fourth unfortunately and most of it comes down to the fact from from Holland especially who you usually consider to be one of the like front runners in these tournaments over the last decade or so is again like strictly because of Frank DeVore he's just every time you watch any of his teams it's terrible like we've all seen the clip of Mourinho talking about how Frank DeVore he just teaches his teams how to lose and he's the biggest loser in in the Premier League history which is pretty funny but Holland they do have good enough players to to get through I I think um, they've got a better squad than than Ukraine, but as a group, we've seen Ukraine in, in qualifying. They've done really well, like you guys said, and have some very good players. Jake, unfortunately, your young player in Malinovsky, he's actually about 28 years old, so he does not qualify there. So just a very good player, though. He is 28 years old. He's, he's actually considerably older than all three of us, so he will. I was going by looks. Uh, he won't qualify there, but uh, – Sorry, he looks very he looks very young. That's why I chose him. 
I decided to use another loophole. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, that's uh, that's not part of the conversation, but we will we'll ignore that. And if we get a chance, if Aiden and I get a chance to one up you, we will take it because you are the one who bring uh, you're the one who brings the facts to the podcast. So if you need to be checked now and then, we will do so. Um, so I've gone with. Yeah, Ukraine first, Holland second, Austrian third, who actually have a good they, – they don't have a bad squad at all. Um, they've got some really good players in there, but just overall they seem to move David Alaba all over the place all the time. You usually play him – a lot of the time they play him in like center midfield, even though he's probably just best at, as a left back But because um, he is the best player by far. They just – even watching them against England the other day, they did not look good at all. I know it's just a pre, pre-tournament game, but – um, they just seem to be a team that a lot of the time people say should be dark horses and they just never turn up. But again, with Ukraine's form and, and Holland's actual roster, I think that uh, I think that they'll come third in the North Macedonia. Again, they've got who they have Alioski from from Leeds. And they've got uh, who else? They have like El- Elmas who plays. I think he plays for like Napoli or something. They've got a couple yeah, of Napoli. players here and there. But again, to be honest. Yeah, so they to be honest, they've got a couple of players there, and like you said, Pandev, who <laughs> he's he's very old now. I just don't think they'll be able to rely on him for the whole tournament. And I'm not sure. May I would like to see it. Those are the type of teams that you want to see go far in the tournaments. But again, they're probably just happy to be there. But if, you know, you never know if they somehow uh, got an upset and got third, you can you could see something happen there. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't see it happening. I just see them coming. Uh, last in the group uh, for player to watch in the group I've gone with I've also gone with Frankie Diong just like like Aiden said he's just a really good player and his stock kind it's not that it's drop you just especially a player in his position you don't hear a lot about and a lot of his big performances came in the Champions League for for Ajax before moving to Barcelona but again he's just one of those players that you watch and can immediately tell he's a he's just a top player and Although Frank DeBoer might be a terrible coach, he, he still got players in the squad of Young's quality. And it's just always good to watch. A lot of these players to watch, it just shows players that I really like watch, uh, like watching and think are really good. So I've gone with Frankie DeYoung for the, I guess, group MVP. And then for young player to watch, I've gone with somebody who's actually been linked with Everton. I think he was linked back in January. It's Sasha Kalidzic. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, the Austrian striker. He's six foot seven, and in 36 games for Stuttgart this season, he got 17 goals and six assists, which is unbelievable. And I had to like, I remember when Everton were linked out, and I watched like a couple of games and then a bunch of highlights. He's six, like six 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 seven, but he can actually like control a ball, and his feet aren't bad at all. He's almost like a strange mold of a playmaker but again he's got the height and the physicality so 17 goals six assists six assists in 36 games is a really good output but if austria especially we know in any tournament style once you hit the 80th minute and you need something just plan a goes out the window and you're just launching them in the box he's going to be in there six foot seven might be on the end of something but he's going to be i would definitely recommend watching him he's just a interesting player with his with his profile you wouldn't expect his sort of skills to 
to come off, but the, the fact that he can actually like pass and link up play at his size is very interesting. And again, his output 17 goals and six assists in 36 games is, is really, really good for a, for a good, good Stuttgart team. Um, but yeah, so I've come with Sasha Kaladzic for uh, my young player to watch. We'll move on to group D now, Jake. So we've got Croatia, the Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Uh, what did you say for this group? Uh, yeah, so for this group, I have it like it was, uh, it was a close tie for first and second, but I, I decided to go for England first, Croatia mm-hmm. second, the Czech Republic third, unfortunately, and Scotland fourth, even though I would really like Scotland to finish first in this group. Um, but uh, yeah, just for my reasoning, I have England first just because I think just the talent that they have, especially uh, further forward, I think they're, they're one of the teams in the tournament with, with the most talent in it. Um, and yeah, just because and Jack Grealish seems to really be coming to the fore of like the nation. You see a lot of people in England kind of calling for for Grealish to start and for like the team to run through Grealish. So I think that helps. Uh, and he's been playing really well. So I, I don't know. It was a close one between England and Croatia, but I feel like uh, for England, England versus Croatia is the kind of game that England wins in the group stage. But when it comes to the knockout rounds, England would lose it. Um, but I don't know. Ultimately, I just decided to choose for England number one, just a feeling. Um, Croatia I'll have them in second, just because they, they have like amazing, amazing quality uh, all over the pitch, especially in midfield. Um, even though Rakitic was was left out, kind of surprisingly for me, like he had a really good season for Sevilla, I think. Um, and they are a high quality team, but they're also a team that that's getting older as well. Um, so I, I I guess it'll be interesting just see how they cope with that. Like we know, like games every three four days is obviously not easy for the older players, but We'll see how, how Croatia manages that. I think, Jack, you'll be glad to hear that uh, Everton's reject, Vlasic, is, is supposed to be starting, and he was he's probably going to be doing pretty well for Croatia. So I don't know if he's someone's player to watch out for, so I won't I won't mention any more. He's a star. Let's go. Yeah. He is very good for – he's playing for CSKA, but, yeah, doing really well. Uh, Czech Republic, I put them in third just because – to be honest, just because they won versus England in, in qualifying. So if it comes to like one of those games, maybe they can manage to just like kind of smash and grab a result here and, and beat like England or even Croatia. So I, that's really the only reason I went for them in third. I think it would be tight between them and Scotland as well. Um, obviously, they have Patrick Schick who plays for uh, Bayer Leverkusen. So at least he's used to playing at a, at a high quality. Um, and yeah, for Scotland, to be honest, I, I do like the Scotland team. They have a very good midfield and and obviously, two two of the best left backs in the Premier League, and their I think their attackers are relatively okay as well. Obviously, Che Adams coming in uh, just in March, I think it was, helps them uh, immensely up front. I think before that, I probably wouldn't have liked their striking options too much. But Adams, used to playing in the Premier League, used to playing against a lot of the players um, that he will be coming up against in this group, and I think he's going to be a, a really good uh, player for Scotland for now and and for the future. But I don't know. Unfortunately, it's just. In my mind, like Scotland, they're not too far removed from those losses to Kazakhstan, the Faroe Islands. I think it was the Faroe Islands. I can't remember, but I know for sure they lost to Kazakhstan. So unfortunately, that just kind of stuck in my mind. Um, but I, I obviously this is the one where I really hope I was wrong. And for my player of, the, of this group stage, I went for Luka Modric. I think it'll just be interesting how he plays. Like I mentioned, in like a relatively old Croatia team, uh, he played a lot of minutes this season. He was a starter all season for Real Madrid. Played really well. We know the last time there was an international tournament, he won, I think it was the player of the tournament, and he won the Ballon d'Or that season. 
Um, but we know he can still do it at the international stage. I, I, it'll just be interesting. And he also plays a bit higher up for Croatia, sometimes as a number 10. So maybe less tracking back for him, just getting on the ball, making things happen. So I, I'd be really interested to see that. And for my young player, I chose Phil Foden. You guys will be glad to hear. I did check the ages of my remaining young players. So I have made sure that they are uh, eligible for the category. So I just went for Phil Foden. I don't I don't think Phil Foden will start, but he's one of those players who who could like start appearing as substitute uh, as a substitute and just get better and better as the tournament goes on. And obviously, we all know about about Phil Foden's quality and what he's done this season. And um, and yeah, just his numbers for Manchester City. To be honest, he's been really really good. And he he is kind of he does at least something impressive every time I, I watch him play. And he just looks like a much more experienced and older player than than he actually is. And yeah, I won't say much more. I just think he's a, he's a very very good player. And I, I don't know, probably a good bet for for a young player to watch out for in this uh, in this um, in this group. Uh, but yes, that is it. Aiden, what do you think about Group D? Yeah, so Group D, first place, uh, I have England. Just overall, just lots of quality. Even I don't think Gareth will will muck it up too badly in the uh, in the group stage. That'll that'll wait for later on. So England in first, and then. Uh, Croatia in second, and then Scotland third, and Czech Republic in fourth. Have to go for Scotland third. What I don't have another choice, but they are are also playing two games at home against Croatia and the Czech Republic. Their game against England at Wembley is a sort of derby, so anything can happen in that game. And and Scotland has like like beating England when you go way back in history a lot of times. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, not too much other further analysis, just waiting to see how it plays out. I'm not, I'm not fully confident in Scotland because they have had some bad losses, like Jake said, and they also have had um, to change around their formation and tinker, tinker with things quite a bit. So I'm not sure that they're really uh, set up for this tournament, even though I do think they have like a crop of players that are a lot better than you could have expected in many years. Um, but for the, the <clears throat> sorry, for the group MVP, I'm going to go for uh, Grealish. I just think everything will be running through him and uh, just every, like all the eyes are on him because you see so many outlets all the time, just saying how good of a player this guy is. So many comparisons between him and other players that play at bigger clubs. Uh, Like he should be like in in a lot of people's opinion, he should be starting over Rashford and, and um, Sterling. I'm not too, too, too sure about that, especially with his injury uh, recently, but um, yeah, I think everything will go through him and he's just, very good player, obviously. And then for the young player, and I'm also going for Foden. It's kind of boring. Like you don't even like, it's almost like kind of a cop out. He's, he is a young player, but it seems like he's not because you know, just know so much about him and he's so good. Like it's a boring pick, but we know how good he is. That's it. What do you think, Jack? Yeah. Just before I give mine, did Aiden, did you say Scotland have two games at home? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. They're going in. I have them in four. They're going into third. There's no way that after this long being outside of a major tournament that they're not going to pick up something if they have two home games as well. So I'm going to go with England in first, Croatia in second. I had Czech Republic in, in third, but I'm going to move them to fourth, put Scotland in third, not because they, but I think they might get something if they have those home games. I'm um, really going to want to spoil England's chance of even getting first place. And but either way, I'm pretty sure the way that this group's set up is that they'd they'd um, probably have to play like France or 
France, Germany, or Portugal, but uh, yeah, England, we just, we know they have so much quality and again, they have enough quality to get out of the group, but like Aiden said, Gareth will probably be a bit too conservative at the like later stages of the tournament, but uh, against some of the big teams that we'll get into and some of the other groups, but uh, yeah, they'll, they'll have no problems getting out of the group. Croatia, again, like world cup finalists, they still have a lot of quality, like Jake said, Modric in the midfield. They've just got a ton of quality, a lot more quality than Czech in, in Scotland. So they'll, they'll be fine to get through the group, but they'd definitely be a team to 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 watch after they get out of the group stage, take it game by game. But uh, yeah, Scotland in third, like I said, I think like in Scotland, I'm also biased here because I want the Scotland's the team that I want to win the whole thing. I don't think they, they're not going to, but... I just want to see them do well. So I put them in third and then check who are in fourth, who will probably come third, but I'll put them in fourth. They've got obviously the West Ham connection. They've got, uh, they've got Sue check in there. Um, they've got uh, Sue file or Kufal, however you pronounce his name. And yeah, they've just got like a solid, a solid base. And they've also got, I'll, I'll start with the, the young players to watch. They've got, uh, I think his you pronounce his last name like Hlozek or Hlozek, um, the the young striker who's apparently I haven't seen him play, but I just did some reading on him. Apparently he is very 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 good, um, so he'd be my young player to watch. Just again, that's what I like how the 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 bat. I guess kind of off topic, but the bad part about tournaments these days is the fact that like everybody in the world already knows who all of these players are before we even like start watching the tournament. I know that like, it's been that way for our generation, but I do know that like people like, like are way older than us said like back when the world cups were on and like Brazil would play and Argentina would play. That would be like when they actually like discover these players, but they've like heard of them, but never seen them play. But these days everybody already knows all of these players, but, uh, but yeah. So Lozek or how I should look up how to pronounce that, but apparently he's amazing. So he's going to be one to watch. I think he's linked with West Ham for a transfer as well. So he's the young player to watch. And then the, uh, the player to watch or MVP for the group. I've gone with uh, Jack Grealish. Um, I think like, I think he has to start. He's in my opinion, the second name on the team sheet after Harry Kane at this point, just cause he, the number of fouls that he draws is like they, you either foul him or he gets by. He's just an amazing player. And again, like like you said, even getting lots of attention from the media, but it doesn't really seem to uh, to phase him. But then there's also the questions of whether or not Southgate's actually going to play him. I could definitely see him starting Sterling and Rashford, although their form has been questionable for the you know like the the latter parts of the of the season. But I've gone with Jack Grealish just because again I've just chose players that I like watching. He's a great player to watch. So yeah, Jack Grealish for MVP for me. Uh, move in to group E here, Jake. So we've got Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Who do you think is going to go through? Yeah, for group E in this order, I have Spain finishing first, Poland finishing second, Sweden finishing third, and Slovakia in fourth. Um, and Spain, again, it's another one where I feel like they could finish first or second, and I don't expect them to do too much uh, through in the tournament. Like, maybe quarterfinal, maybe a semifinal. I don't think the squad is up there with like the Spains that we've seen in the past like 10 years. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the main talking point around Spain uh, before 
the last couple of days was Luis Enrique's decisions, like not to include Sergio Ramos or any Real Madrid player for the first time in Spain's history, and to include the less players than he was required. So I don't really get the sense in that. Like literally, there's no reason why he doesn't take the extra two players just in case. And as we see that these players could have been useful because um, in the past two or three days, we've seen at least two players from Spain's team um, contract like COVID-19 and, and probably more throughout. So we have Sergio Busquets, I think it was two, three days ago. And then yesterday was announced that Diego Lorente had it as well. So that that's really kind of putting it, uh, kind of really l- lowering the amount of players that they could use because I, I read um, that they, they can't, uh, call up new players now like even though they only called up 24 out of the 26 they can't call up two new players to, to fill out the squad to 26 due to these COVID cases the only way is if they have to replace a player like send one home and then they could take another one so again that's kind of why I didn't I don't understand not taking the two extra players you're allocated but whatever it wasn't my decision and I feel like there's a pessimistic mood around the team uh, especially like like the attack the attack is not great to be honest like Jordan Moreno has had a really, really good season, 30 goals, but he's not really like the a, a top of like a European top number nine. Um, their wingers like Adama Traore is probably going to be coming off the bench, but realistically, I don't think we would have seen him in like one of the strong Spains like in 2012 or whatever. Uh, Ferran Torres, sure he's he's okay, he's done he's done well for Spain, but he he hasn't played that much this season as well. Um, I think there's just question marks around around Spain's uh, forward line. In second place, I said Poland, obviously Robert Lewandowski coming off his record-breaking season. I think that he'll be important to them. Uh, and they are a good team. And, and Zielinski, who's a good player for, for Poland, he plays further up for them as a number 10. And he could use like his long-range shooting, which he's good at. He's very two-footed. Um, and he could just play with more freedom than he does at Napoli. So I think that'll be uh, important to Poland's chances. Obviously, a couple of years ago, back in the Nations League, right when the Nations League started, um, Zielinski, like Poland and Italy were in the same group, so I did see them play two games in, in like six days, and Zielinski was very, very good in that position. Um, yeah, obviously that was like three years ago, so that could have changed, but I, I, I don't know. It, it's exciting for Poland. They're a very good team now. And Sweden as well, they're they're another country who ha- who has had COVID cases. Um, Dan Kulusevski is one of them, and uh, they have another midfielder who plays for Bologna, Spanberg, who was, who was also diagnosed, so they're out of at least the first game, so that could be a big blow for them. Um, yeah, Sweden's just a 4-4-2 solid but uninspiring team with some good young players, and I, I don't know, they're just a, a good team, but they're probably not going to be pulling up any trees. And, and Zlatan obviously missing the tournament for them is obviously gutting for him and some Swedish fans. But I, I think it, it would work out better to be honest, because the fact that they're mostly like a 4-4-2 counter-attacking team, I think was with the Zlatan, the team would probably just slow it up a little bit, and and now they could just use their pace and go go forward like very directly and. Very quickly, Slovakia. I have them fourth place. Oh, really, the, the, I don't know too much about this team. I haven't seen them play for a while, but obviously they, they have one of the best center backs in Europe, in, in my opinion, in uh, Milan Skriniar, but they don't really have too much else. They have Marek Hamšík, obviously, who's like their their talisman, but who who's older, obviously, now, but he's still kind of a linchpin for them, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect too much from Slovakia, to be completely honest. Um, and yeah, so for this group, I have for my for my player of the group, obviously I have uh, Lewandowski. I, I don't think again that's too outrageous, too outrageous of a shout after the season he came off of a record-breaking Bundesliga season, 41 goals in 29 games. Um, obviously, I 
time the injury kind of seemed like a blow but he did have like a, a one month of rest like right near the busy end of the season so who knows maybe he could be a bit fresher in this in the in the group stage in the tournament than, than other players and I'm sure Poland could use that to their advantage and just obviously it's going to be another one where they're just going to be looking to Lewandowski just to get him the bang in the goals and carry them which is I'm sure it's fine because it's a strategy that's worked out pretty well for uh, for buying a pole and then for my young player this of this group I think I'm not sure Aiden might have the same one but I, I was kind of torn between two Swedish players but I went for uh, Alexander Isaac him, he's he's also another one who came off a very good season. I think he scored 17 goals in La Liga for Real Sociedad. Um, and and he, he had a very good record in the Europa League as well before uh, Sociedad were knocked out by by United. Um, he's just looked very, very good recently. Obviously, it took time. He was kind of a, a young prodigy back in Sweden, and it took a while for him to adapt to Europe. He, he moved to Dortmund and didn't really get any chances or any game time there, so it didn't really work out. But then ever since then, he went on loan to uh, Willem II in the Netherlands, and then he moved to Real Sociedad. He's just been banging in the goal since then, really showing the promise that that, uh, that most people knew he had when he was younger. He's very two-footed as well. He can score on either foot, and, and he is he's very, very mobile. He's also very tall, so he's got kind of a lot going for him. And, um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a very good tournament for Sweden. And honestly, if I think if they're going to be scoring any goals, it's going to be coming from, from Alex Isaac. So that's why I chose him, and I'm expecting to see good things from him. So, Aiden, what do you think about Group E? Very nice analysis there, Jacob. Yeah, Group E. First place, I'm going for Poland. Second place, Spain. Third, Sweden. And fourth, Slovakia. I'm just going for uh, Poland in first place. They are a very solid team, and I, I think they, they could beat Spain. And I think a lot of that is down to the reasons that uh, Jake was saying in terms of the COVID and, and the manager's decisions for Spain, and that's why I couldn't uh, put them top with a lot of confidence. So I went for Poland instead, especially when they have a, a player like Lewandowski, who he's probably going to be hungry. He hasn't gotten his Ballon d'Or yet, so he might be hungry this tournament, uh, looking to bang in the goals. Slovakia, I don't really know anything about that team. I'm sorry, so I had to put them last. And then Sweden, they do have some really good players, and that's where I'll start with the young player of, of this group. I really like Isaac. Like Jake said, he he does have a lot going for him in terms of physical ability. He can basically score like any type of goal. I think he could become a, a good Premier League striker in the future, but he does have to put on a lot of muscle mass to be able to play in the Premier League. He's quite a thin player right now uh, for how tall he is, but I'd be watching out for him. And then obviously the, the MVP of the group will be Lewandowski. Another show uh, that I had for the young player was in midfield for Poland would be Modere from Brighton. Uh, he's a good player and if they're going to be beating Spain they're going to need some strength in the midfield with uh, the likes of Spain's midfield with Fabian Ruiz, Rodri, Busquets and uh, Alcantara so yeah it's another shout as well what do you think Jack? Yeah so I've gone again similar to you guys we have pretty, pretty much the same teams for this entire thing but um, I don't know I guess we just agree I've gone with Spain in first uh, Poland in second, Sweden in third. It's going to be close between Poland and Sweden, I think, and then Slovakia in, in fourth. Spain, I think that they're, like, they're still, obviously, when people say, oh, Spain, a lot of people are like, oh, Spain, they just aren't good anymore. I think it's just because they're comparing Spain to like the, the 
2010 Spain when they were just absolutely unstoppable, like 2008, like Spain team. And obviously they're not as good because that was one, like that generation of Spain, like the Real Madrid, Barcelona, like that was arguably one of the best, like, well, undoubtedly one of the best international sides we've ever seen. So there's obviously going to be a drop off. Um, and still, they've got a lot of quality players in their team. They've got a lot more quality than everybody else in this group. And the one thing that I am concerned about moving forward um, as the tournament progresses, if, if they qualify, is the fact they don't really have a ton of pace in their team. Obviously, the Spanish team, it's always going to be tiki-taka, which is fine, but I don't know how many outlets they'd actually have in that team. They're obviously going to be comfortable on the ball, but in terms of in terms of uh, trying to get in behind the, def- the defense of their opposition, um, they may find it difficult, but again, they've, they've got so many options and they have a ton of quality. Uh, and second, like, like you guys said, Poland and second, they've got Lewandowski. He's an absolute machine. And like you said, Aiden, he's just going to be hungry. He, I know he hasn't had a good record for Poland overall. And I've, from what I've like read and heard Poland, their entire game plan is literally just, just get, get him in chances to, to, to score like their whole game plan is get the ball to to Lewandowski and hopefully scores which it's not a bad plan when he is probably between him and Harry Kane one of the the best like the best striker in the world so um so if Lewandowski fires then Poland could really be on to something in the tournament we've got Sweden in third I I'm gonna be honest I don't know what to make of Sweden it's gonna be close in terms of their overall squad between Poland and Sweden I don't think there's a ton to separate, but again, Poland has Lewandowski, so um, they're they've got they've got that. But Sweden, I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest; I just don't know enough about them. And then Slovakia, um, like you said, Jake, they're reliant on Marek Hamšík, who's like like quite old now, and he's still a huge like a huge part of that side. I just don't think that they're going to be able to compete. They've got Skriniar at the back, like you said, but. I don't think they'll actually be able to compete with with Spain, Poland, or Sweden in this one, unfortunately. But maybe maybe we'll see an upset. Uh, for players to watch, I've gone with Lewandowski as well, strictly because of the international record and seeing that he actually hasn't been that prolific for Poland. But if he is, then they're on. Then like they're they're um it'll be a storyline in that group to see if they actually create enough chances for him because he will score all of them. Uh, and then young players to watch. I went with Pedri from Spain. Uh, what we've seen earlier on in the campaign, the the link up between Pedri and Lionel Messi at Barcelona. And again, just one of those players, quite similar to Phil Foden in the way when you watch him and he's just one of those players that is like, you just watch them and you're like, okay, they're obviously at the required level and they're very, very good. And Pedri's still really young. It's just got the main thing that sticks out when I've seen him play and I haven't seen him playing a ton, but you can, you can tell with some of these players is the amount of composure that he has and how comfortable he is on the ball. Like, like all Spanish midfielders are, but the, the, um, the composure really, really stands out. Doesn't seem flustered. Always makes really, really good decisions on the ball. And, We'll see how much game time he gets because he played a lot for Barcelona this season and might be a little bit tired because obviously if you're younger, you're not used to that workload. It could be a bit much, but I would expect him to get his chances for Spain. I don't know if he'll start, um, 
but I would expect that he's going to get his chances over the over the coming games at the tournament. But uh, for group, the last group, the group of death for sure, in, in my opinion, Jake, we've got France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal in the last group. Who do you think is going to make it out of that one? Yeah, this is uh, really the most exciting group, and and yeah, it'll it'll be great when we've got two two games from this group on in one day, so that that'll be exciting. But I went for uh, France finishing in first, Portugal second, Germany third, and Hungary fourth. I will start with Hungary because I will keep it short. I wrote down in my notes probably have no hope, so I think that's pretty much where I'll wrap it up uh, with Hungary, and Germany. I have them third. I could I could see them being like a third place team that advances as well. Um, uh, and, you know, just I could see them. Uh, obviously, tournaments always go to expectation, but I could see all three of these teams kind of being hungry and then just having the, the other two to to duke it out with. So maybe if Germany, like, draws with Portugal or they draw with France, they could advance like a third-place team with four points. Um, but, yeah, Germany, they have been very inconsistent since even before the 2018 World Cup, but massively since after. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, they even lost to Macedonia last month in the World Cup qualifying, their first... World Cup qualifying loss in 20 years, um, and it just hasn't been very good. But th- they have a very good squad. Obviously, the midfield is stacked. They have Gundogan, Cruz, uh, Kimmich, who's probably going to be starting at right wing back. Um, and yeah, they, they just have very good players all all over the pitch. Um, and yeah, the, I guess basically the thing to keep in mind with Germany is that the pressure is pretty much off Jogi Love. So I could see them just playing like the big players who, as we know, he kind of exiled from the smaller and. Last couple, a couple of years ago, along with Boateng, but now that he's he knows he's stepping away after the tournament, he needs results. He called back uh, Hummels and Muller, so I could see an improved showing with that. Um, second place, I have Portugal. They have an unbelievable squad, but I'm not too sure about, about their style of play. Kind of similar to France, actually. Um, and yeah, just France and Portugal. To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if those two finish like in, in the final. If that's how good I think both their squads are. But yeah, the emergence of like Ruben Diaz and, and João Cancelo in the national team has really helped them because I remember in the in the 2018 World Cup they kind of had Pepe and, and Font and Cedric Suarez starting, um, and yeah, even in the last Euros as well. And now they just improved that back line, which is you know Pepe and and, uh, and Font are still good players even though they're they're quite old, um, especially Pepe's case. I think he's like 38, but he's still a very good player. We saw in the Champions League this season. Uh, so, yeah, and they're just such a stacked team. Like, Jao Felix is probably going to be starting on the bench. Uh, Cristiano, obviously, up front. Like, Bruno, Bernardo, Diego Jota. Like, they've got such quality. So, it, it'll be really good to see Portugal play. And France as well. Um, France, now, there's a bit of question mark. Like, they, they have injuries to Benzema. I think I saw that two days ago, and I just saw a headline today that Griezmann didn't take part in training today with a calf injury. So, I think those two injuries could play a big part in, in France, especially Griezmann. He's been, like, Kind of the talisman of the team for the last like i don't know since euro 2016 i think and benzma obviously he's just stepped in but he's very very good as we all know um and and yeah france their their depth is ridiculous they have the best squad in the tournament by far and uh and yeah didier deschamps styles is kind of annoying to watch with all the quality that he has like at his disposal um but it's the it's the type of like style that kind of that's suited to tournament play like you don't need to be great you don't need to score three goals a game Literally need to grind out results, grind out one 0 wins, and then that's good enough to to win a tournament. Kind of, we we saw that as well in the World Cup. Like they weren't great. Um, they did score like four goals against Argentina, like a four three, and four two against Croatia in the final. But they were still quite defensive, especially against Belgium in the semi final, and it worked out really well for them. So, I think they've they've got the 
this time will play and with the quality of players that just works in these tournaments. So for my player to watch for the group, I chose, I don't think this will be much of a surprise. I chose Bruno Fernandez. Um, Obviously, we know what he's done at United just in, in a year and a half, just completely transformed the team. His numbers, you know, he's broken Frank Lampard's uh, record for most goals by a midfielder in a season. Um, he's been dependable. He's been everywhere. Goals, assists, really just dragging United way up the table. He's, he's an incredible player, and it would be nice to see how he how he integrates in this Portugal team because I don't think he's quite, like, reached the heights uh, as he has at United with the Portuguese national team until this year. Um be obviously he scored two and, and got an assist against Israel, I believe it was yesterday. So obviously he, he's bringing his United form to the, to the international scene. It'll be really scary to see what he can do if he keeps up those numbers. And for my young player, I chose Kai Havertz, and I chose him because he came off a difficult season. Which, uh, to be honest, I you guys know obviously I, I did criticize him like quite a lot. I said he wasn't showing his price tag, wasn't showing his quality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but maybe scoring a Champions League final, that, that could be the catalyst to turn his form around, turn his Chelsea career around even. Obviously, I, I, I wasn't ready to write him off write him off as a flop completely, but obviously things did need to improve for him, and I think obviously scoring a Champions League final is, is obviously a good way to, to start that process. And just be interesting to see what he, what he brings to the German national team. And obviously, me and Aiden, we have referenced this a couple times. We did watch him quite a bit last season in the Bundesliga when the um, – when the the lockdown ended and, and yeah it was very very good and now it's nice it'll it'll just be interesting to see how how he takes his form into Germany maybe the team is is more well suited to playing to his strengths and, and everything will go through him so yeah um that's about it for 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 me uh Aiden what do you think about Group F? Yeah that was good stuff Jake on Group F. So my Group F I have in first place I have Hungary. No I'm just kidding just kidding. Uh, in first place, I actually have Portugal. In second place, I have France. In third place, I have Germany. And fourth place, Hungary. First uh, place, I went for Portugal, um, mainly because I just love their defense that they have there. I know that that Nuno Mendes is a, a very, very young player, and he hasn't proven it at the top level but at left back. But uh, he, from everything I hear, he's a uh, going to be an amazing player. That's the only part of the, the starting lineup. If he does start that I could see you being able to point a finger at and say, Oh, that isn't like a, like a very trustworthy and amazing player in the world of football. Like if, if Pepe is playing how he did the last time we saw him in the champions league alongside, alongside Ruben Diaz, like nobody is scoring on Portugal. Like, I'm sorry. Nobody was getting by Pepe that night. If you guys do remember. Um, other than that, I don't like some of France's decisions in defense. Um, I think Luca Dean should be starting. I don't know if, if they're going to be starting with Hernandez. I'm not too sure about that one. I would start Dean. The last time I saw Hernandez too, he was, he was shocking in the champions league. So maybe that was just the last friendly game. He didn't, uh, he didn't start Dean, but hopefully Dean is starting. I, I think that would add a big, a big uh, dimension in terms of attacking play for France. And I'm not a big fan of Kempembe or Pavard. I just think Kempembe has a bit of a mistake in him. And if I was just going like purely off form, I don't watch the French league, but if I was going purely off form, I know Kempembe is left footed, but I probably would have played someone like uh, Koundé instead of him. Um, and then Germany, not too much to say. Like they do have like, very good players, but it's still like we talked about with Spain. Jack said like it's levels. You're comparing it to the old teams. I don't think it's there uh, completely for Germany this time. 
and hungry. Yeah. Nothing to say about that, but another thing that I think will be huge in this group will be like set pieces. And I think that's where Portugal could really take over with the likes of Ruben Diaz, Pepe and Ronaldo on the corners that they'll be receiving from Bruno or like Bernardo Silva or Cancelo. They can all just put a ball on a plate for anybody in the world. I know you could say that about any of these teams, but in my opinion, I think they really do have uh, that type of edge over the other teams. And another one would be uh, Ruben Neves, of course, uh, great delivery. Yeah, and then for my MVP of the group, I'm going to go for Ruben Diaz. I think that a defender is going to have to be really strong for whatever team comes in first, since I predicted Portugal first. Uh, when you're coming up against Mbappe, Werner, Havertz, those type of players, you're going to need a defender to really uh, stabilize the team and also control the pace of play coming out of the back. And then for the young player, I have uh, Nuno Mendes. Uh, this is kind of what Jack was talking about. I think for me, uh, this is one player that I haven't seen because he plays in the Portuguese league. So I'm really excited to see him because apparently he's amazing and he'll be moving to a bigger club sooner than later. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, overall, I'm like, we all have very, very similar things. No real surprises, because I'm assuming we all read and, and listen to the same stuff. But I've gone with uh, France in first place, Portugal in second, Germany in third. And then, unfortunately for Hungary, I'll probably start with them, Hungary in fourth. And it's not even that they've been, they're not, they're not even a terrible team. I think they've lost Dominic. Uh, Shobozlai, or however you pronounce his name, who's a key player for them, I believe. He's missing, I think he might be missing the whole tournament. And he's very, very important for the goal. Actually, you can't compete with these. Yeah, France overall. We'll get into tests. Obviously, they have to be They have to be one of them, the leading candidate, really, if they're the, the world champions. And just their squad is their squad's a joke. Like just anybody can drop out and you put them back in. It's a champions league level of player, which you can't say for pretty much any country, not, not only in Europe, but entire, entire world of, of football. So it's, they've just got an amazing squad. And like you said, Jake, like Deschamps, they just, they're an absolute bore fest to watch, but they've got quality players who can win win games and everybody we all know that tournaments are decided by just moments here and there uh moments of quality which is why france and portugal in second both these squads have the quality to to do that i know they're very very similar so i think i think france just overall as a squad if any injuries come up like they have like benzema's hurt you put Giroud and Giroud's still a very very good striker um like like we've seen in the premier league champions league and the last world cup um, and then Portugal in second, similar, uh, similar to Deschamps, they set up and they're very boring as well, but they just bo- like, they're boring. They nick a goal, very Mourinho-esque, nick a goal, keep a clean sheet and you're good to go. And they have quality. So you have Ronaldo, you have, you have Bruno, you have João Felix, you've got, like you guys said, Diego Jota, they've got a lot of quality, um, in any of those guys, you, you could have Ronaldo not firing and Bruno's going to fire or Bruno's not going to have a good game and Ronaldo will turn up. You've just got really, really good players that thrive off of like individual moments of quality and a lot of their games 
based on that. So it's France and Portugal there. Uh, Germany in third, just because like we all agree that just at the end, they're in like a weird transition. We know that Lowe is, um, uh, he's done after this tournament. So it's just his last time. There is no pressure. It could be a dark horse uh, for the tournament, but I, just, I don't really trust their defending at all really. And I don't think they have the ability to play play a, a higher line, but it could see, it could see players like Timo Werner actually thrive getting space in behind if they hit on the counter. But I don't think that the, the Germany fans would accept that. So, but the pressure's all off. I just think it's the end of an era for them and don't really trust their squad. But again, it is Germany, so you can never count them out. And then, like I said, Hungary in fourth, they just, they're just unfortunate with the draw, but it would be, it'd be interesting. They could, they could, uh, like maybe cause an upset against Germany or if France or Portugal, for whatever reason, they don't get these individual individual moments and Hungary are good defensively, then maybe they get a, maybe they get a draw here or there, but yeah. Um, MVP for this group, for group F, I've gone the obvious one. I know it's boring. I've gone with Kylian Mbappe because he always turns up in the, in the big games. He's just a phenomenal player and, like I said, these these the, the France squad has so many good players, and he's he's the best one. So, you know, he just, he can take on. I don't I don't even want to go into explaining. It's pretty obvious. Like Mbappe is one of the best players in the world, so he's probably going to be. Well, he is the best player in the group, and he'll probably perform with a very very good team around him. Young player to watch. I've gone the same as Aiden Nuno Mendes. Uh, uh, like a. Apparently he's going to be, I haven't seen him a ton. I've seen him here and there going to be a star. He's been, he's been tracked for years now, even before he's like made his sporting debut. I believe like, like uh, people have said, like he's going to be a very, very special player. And I would see him as it'll be exciting to see him play, but I could definitely see him getting a big move. Maybe not this year because um, of COVID and everything, but maybe in the next couple of years um, off the back of some good performances for, for Portugal, but yeah, I've gone with Nuno Mendes there. Again, like I say, it's it's a little bit annoying when these days we already know about all of these players, and I kind of I kind of wish like like previous generations when they just didn't know who these players were, and then they just saw them and they learned about them because of the big like FIFA FIFA competitions. It would have been cool for things to be like that, but it'll be exciting to see these players nonetheless. Uh, I guess we'll close off here, guys. Just a little discussion. We'll talk about who do we think is going to win the whole thing. Jay, I'll, I'll start with you. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of hate to to just pick like the teams that have won like the previous tournaments or whatever. Like even whenever we make predictions like for the Premier League or whatever, but I, I think France is is pretty clearly like the favorite. Um, so I think I'm going to go with France again, like I mentioned in, in the Group F like preview. I'm kind of torn between France and Portugal because I do think that will be the final. Um, and I really want to go with Portugal again just due to, like I like Aiden kind of mentioned really well too, like the, the new defense and the defense, like how good they are and, and the fact that obviously the defenses will have to be on, on top in the group. Um, obviously that'll, that'll kind of bring them in good stead for the rest of the tournament. So I really want to choose Portugal, but I think I'm just going to go for France um, just due to the fact that they've kind of done it recently as a team as well. 
and they've literally like not lost a single player with like a, a single player and been like replaced with a downgrade. If anything, there's an upgrade. Like Ben's him over Giroud if he's fit. Like that's pretty much the only difference from the the World Cup winning side. And and Benzema is better than Giroud, and I think in 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 most people's opinion. But I think it'll be interesting anyway, just due to the fact that I don't know if you guys have seen the headlines, but yesterday and today there's been like tension like between Giroud and and Mbappe. It seems like they still haven't um have solved that. So I don't. I'm just gonna go over like real quick. Like Giroud complained after France's last friendly in the media that. Um, that Mbappe, he didn't name him by name, but he was like certain players weren't passing him the ball. And Mbappe took that really personally. Apparently he was so angry that he tried to to organize his own press conference to reply to Giroud. But obviously like Deschamps, like being like not stupid, said, no, like you're not doing that. Um, but apparently again, there were troubles in training today. Like Giroud went up to him to apologize and Mbappe wouldn't accept the apology and, and just would apparently this is from get French football news. So they're pretty reliable, but they were just reporting that, that Mbappe was just like very moody and wasn't smiling and just didn't really interact with, with the other players the way he normally does. So I don't know, that'd be pretty interesting to see how that develops it. We've seen, uh, especially in the, the world cup 2010, like how, how disagreements in the French national team can, can kind of result in, in everything kind of slipping out of the control. But if, I think if, like Deschamps really, really experienced. I think he'll be able to control it. And if, if he can, you could just use it to make the team stronger. You know, if he'll, maybe you'll be able to make Mbappe realize, like if he would have passed, if he could pass the ball a bit more than France have very goal scoring opportunities, they could win the games. Who knows, right? Um, I'm literally just speculating there, but I think it'll be interesting. And it, that was just a long-winded way for me of saying, I, I believe just due to like their individual quality and the fact that they've done it before and they all operate in like a system that maybe it's not the most enjoyable, but they know will work. Um, I think I would choose France as my favorites for the Euro uh, for the to win the tournament. Um, yeah, Aiden, who would you choose as your favorite? Yeah, you set me up nicely there. Yeah, France, obviously, that's the the main pick. Uh, I think they're second for me. I'm just going. I'm just sticking with Portugal. If I pick them to top the group with France, I'm going to pick them to to win the tournament over France and. I already laid out a month, like all the reasons. The only thing I'd be worried about is if they do get like one big injury. I don't know, uh, like to Bruno or Ruben Diaz or Ronaldo. It's not really the same cover as the France team, like you're saying. So that's where I'd kind of uh, get a little bit worried when I'm predicting Portugal. I also like Portugal a lot, so I want them to do well. That's part of it. And um, yeah, I like what you're saying there. Uh, bodes well for me. Already dissension in the ranks for France, so that's very, very good news. Um, and then I'll, obviously there'll be once England wins like one or two games, there'll be a lot of people saying England, but no, 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 Gareth, 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 all day long. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It is a boring answer, but in this case, like when you evaluate everything, tournaments are not about attractive style at all. It's just about substance and winning games and defending really well. So if you have a solid foundation of defense, like France and Portugal do with their coaches, and then you let these very, very good players just nick a goal, they will go far because even if they just sit back against these other teams who need a goal, if, if, if they're, if, if uh, France or Portugal's already ahead, they can hit them on the counter and it'll be game over and it makes it even harder. I, I personally, I, I see, 
see if France Portugal final. I know I haven't really looked at the wild cards, but I, I'm pretty sure France Portugal can be a final. Would not surprise me. I'm going to stick with France, just like for reasons you said, Aiden, in terms of the drop off. Like obviously, if Ronaldo gets hurt for whatever reason, you've got like Xiao Felix, you've got Andre Silva, so good replacements. But it's not, it's not Ronaldo or Bruno got hurt. I I guess you would drop Xiao Felix in there, but. Uh, if France get an injury, I guess if France, if N'Golo Conte got injured, they'd be slightly concerned with that. Um, but then you'd expect a squad with with that much quality to find solutions. Maybe just tweak a few things here and there. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with France and definitely agree with you, Aiden. If if England, if they beat Scotland in the first game, even though it is Scotland, hopefully Scotland put up a good so be cheering for Scotland. If it beats Scotland in the first game, even if it's just like a convincing win, the media will be an absolute nightmare. And from a neutral neutral fan, and we see all over social media because we watch so much of the Premier League, most of the stuff that we consumed is like the British media uh, and the English media. Um, it's always good to see them go like overboard, but it's also hilarious to see them just the absolute meltdown when things don't go don't go their way or when they probably eventually and inevitably lose because their 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 team's just not as good as like Portugal or France. It's always good to see what happens there. But again, I do feel bad for like we all three of us agree Southgate he's not the best manager, but he is a good guy and we've spoken on here before about the England manager must be one of the hardest jobs in, in the sport because of the media pressure and every decision you make, every little thing is criticized by every single fan because you can say, well, you had this option here, this option here. It was so obvious, but it's just a really hard, hard position to be in. So, you know, I think England will make a good run, but uh, I can't see them. I can't see them winning it, but the, and also, let's, let's be honest here, the, if they did win something, it would be unbearable. The, the media would be unbearable for, for a considerable amount of time. Jake, what do you think about that? Yeah, you're, you're spot on. I think, I, I don't know, for some reason, I've always been kind of disdainful over England and sometimes like just the British teams in general. I think it's, I genuinely think it's just because like the media attention they get, like, just the fact that it was also some something I wrote in my notes. I didn't mention it for England, so I didn't want to be negative. But I wrote um, overhyped as usual. So I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things. Like I, I, I don't really, I can't really stand the, the way the media. You've seen a lot of players too in the Premier League being like the media is way different in England. And I don't know. Just, I feel like I'm too sensitive. I get irritated by a lot of things that I really shouldn't. Just like in 2018, when that, that whole like it's coming home thing. Like whenever I saw that, I was just like, this is so like like cringy like shut up but i don't know i don't know why why it bothers me so much because i'm not like english or british or anything so it really shouldn't bother me it's just very i don't know it's just very annoying for for me i just i don't know i just think they're overhyped as usual but they, they are a very good team uh obviously but yeah not not england's number one fan that's for sure but uh yeah <laughs> aiden what do you think yeah, I don't need to touch on that too much, but I was just going to say what, about what Jack was saying with Gary Southgate. Like, I do joke around about him a lot, and anyone that I joke around with about on here, like, these guys will know that I'm just kidding. But, like, for the listeners, I am joking around. Like, what Jack is saying is very true. I cannot imagine the pressure. But it, I think why it's just funny is because we, when we make fun of people so much, we feel like they shouldn't have gotten the job in the 
first place, like a Frank Lampard or, or a Southgate or someone. So that could be why, but yeah, I still, that doesn't mean I believe in them. Don't, don't get it twisted. I, I don't think that they're going to win the tournament. Um, what I was going to ask you guys is, uh, who do you guys see like starting in the, like in the forward positions for England? Because as, uh, as time's gone on, I, c- I can really just picture, uh, in the, the winger, winger positions, just Foden and, and Grealish being the main, the main options right away. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Like, again, I, I think when we did our England prediction during the international pick, I think we said I that... Would... I, sorry. Um, I think we said that he wouldn't use Grealish and Foden at the same time just due to, like, the lack of pace. Like, you need something. Uh, and I still like stick by it. Obviously, I think it, it'll be, it would be like obviously those two together would be very very good. But I still think he he'd just be looking for something different from that front line. And we know he's been like very loyal to the players that have done well for him. Um, and even like sometimes where I, I I would wonder like why is I don't know why is Kieran Trippier still playing or whatever. But he's done well for England, so he he plays uh, that kind of thing. So I could see like Sterling starting. I. I don't know. I still get the feeling like I remember it was not even that long ago where a lot of people were like Southgate doesn't like Jack Grealish. Like he never picks him. He doesn't play. Um, he just hates him. I, obviously, I don't think he hates him, but I could I could see like Sterling and Foden starting or Sterling and Grealish and just maybe playing Sterling on the right wing where uh, I know he hasn't played there for years, but he used to play there for Liverpool. So maybe it's it is a tough call, but I, I think it'll still be Sterling and probably Grealish starting. Um, and, and just kind of seeing like how that goes and maybe tweak it later on if necessary. But it, it is a, I guess it's a good conundrum to have if you're, if you're Southgate, like obviously better to, to have to choose between very good options and having to choose very bad options, just common sense. But yeah, that's kind of how, how I think it's going to go. Um, sorry, Jack, what, what, what do you think? I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think in England's case, because they do have a great squad and a lot of it just comes down to the fact that we don't know if we trust the manager and his decisions, but because they have such high quality players, I think they have, they do have the luxury of being able to select those forward players depending on the game. And I don't think, I think the players are good enough that they don't need to have to build up the chemistry playing together uh, quite often. But personally for me, if you're looking for for England, if they're playing against teams that are like really, really sitting in, then I personally don't really think they need that much pace. They need the creativity and people are very, very good on the ball. So I would go with Grealish and Foden for those types of games. But later on in the tournament, if they're just looking with, you know, the three at the back, five at the back and looking to hit on the counter against, I don't know, let's say they play like Portugal or France for whatever reason, then you bring in Rashford, then you bring in Sterling and you put Mount in the number 10 role. And then you just look for Mount to carry the ball, play those two over the top and you're just hitting on the counter the whole game. But obviously most teams don't have that luxury, but I think in England's case, because they do have such good players, I think that they could get away with either whether or not they'll actually be capable. And that comes down to a lot of coaching and stuff and, and injuries, that sort of thing. We won't know, but for for me personally, it, it really does it's not, not the best answer, but it does just depend on who they're playing. But at least for the group stages, I would start off with with uh, with Grealish and Foden because they're they're so creative. But yeah, I would go yeah. with those two for now. And that again, makes... just la- last thing, do you, have, do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I was just going to keep going on about the wingers, but what were you going to say? 
Oh, yeah. All I was going to add about the wingers was that is a good point about who they're playing against. But I just find it crazy that that like all this hype in the last years, six months, two months, whatever about Foden and Grealish, like the number one winger, if you're just basing it off form that should be playing is Sancho over the last two years, his goal contributions in Europe. I don't know. He should be the first winger in there, but I don't know if he's going to be. And then the reason why I just said those wingers is for some reason, I just keep get the feeling, keep getting the feeling that they're going to play at the back three, so like a three four three or something, and if they did that, then I could see playing in those tight spaces. They might want uh, Grealish and Foden. I just wanted to explain my reasoning a bit more, but that could be completely off. I really hope Sancho and Rashford are the ones that play. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Jack? No, that makes sense. There's definitely like a, a bias because we watch the Premier League, and I like personally don't watch the Bundesliga that much. And I think, to be quite honest, when we did that like England squad prediction video a little while ago <laughs> I remember thinking about it then when you guys said oh does Jude Bellingham make the squad and I said no he's like still young and then literally a week later he goes and just like destroys destroys Man City and in, in the or like at least holds his own against Man City in the Champions League and he's quite obviously ready but a lot of it comes down to just a Premier League Premier League bias kind of um yeah not not knowing the other leagues which is why most of these predictions are probably going to be wrong for in terms of their placement in terms of these groups because I'm just focusing on the Premier League, but uh, um, maybe maybe a little bit ignorant. But you you only have so much time in a day to watch some stuff. But and uh, last thing I wanted to say before we go here is like when you touched on Aiden just talking, it, it's probably pretty obvious to the listeners, but I just want to clear it up once again. I think we've said it before when you said oh like when we're when we're poking fun and saying here making fun of these professionals and stuff it's also we're like we're doing this over like a, a like a voice call if when it's in person and stuff and there's actually like people listening and we can cut each other off and stuff it's it's a lot more obvious when we're when we're actually making jokes definitely more entertaining for the listeners as well but we got plans we'll get there eventually where we in person in this a lot better so there won't be as much uh i guess um like weird interruptions in terms of the connection and that sort of thing but i just wanted to point that out uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we wrap up today? I do not. I, I'm happy the way we covered everything. I think we did a really good job, in, in, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, on to you, Aiden. All I wanted to say was go Turkey and go Scotland. Yeah, I just want to just remind Jake that Malinovsky is like 28 years old, so his young player does not count. But that's all I have to say. Oh, um, one more, one more, on one Twitter more. At OTL Soccer Pod. Oh, okay. One more, ahead. one more thing. I was just going to ask you, Jack. Jake does not get to say anything because of the Malin- Malinovsky blunder. Has Jake? Does he have to give away his uh, his Syria correspondent title now? Is the Syria chorus correspondent title done after a five year, like a five year gap in age on the player? Okay, may, maybe we we ask Jake one thing. Jake, if you get this incorrect, then you have to give up your Syria expertise title, and you're going to give it to to Aiden, I guess. What stage of the tournament are Italy going to make it to? The quarterfinals. And then there we will be knocked out. If that doesn't happen, 
Aiden. Okay. If that perfect. doesn't happen, then Aiden, you are now the Syria expert. I thought that he was going to say that. I thought he was going to say the final and just um, yeah. for himself. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you got Malinovsky's age wrong by like like seven years, but he's not. He's not that dumb. Jake is still smart, but again, the pressure is now on Jake. Hopefully, Italy don't even make it out of the group. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at OTL Soccer Pod. And we will be back next next week, maybe. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.